Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, a podcast that was started because we're doing IVF and then we did that for a long time and then we had a kid and then... <laughs> We hummed and hawed and hemmed and hawed and hawed and hemmed. And uh, I got to go jerk off in a weird place on uh, Tuesday. Anyway, welcome to the show. I'm Matt. Hello, I'm Dory. Do you think people enjoyed the um, brief summary of the podcast's history? <laughs> yes. I think it was succinct. I think it was special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I hope people are enjoying the show. Well, you know, it, it got people up to speed. Yeah, that's that was really my only goal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Matt is going on Tuesday. Yep. How are you feeling about that? I mean, I I uh I don't love you know doing a business there. Yeah. Did you ask if you could do it here and bring it? I forgot. Oh. And by forgot, I mean like I was like so happy that I happened to answer the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the euphoria of me not having to call them. 
<laughs> well, because we had just been talking about it like the day before. Well, you were, you said call them tomorrow. Yeah. And like I was I was going to, and then I definitely was going to forget. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I'm driving to go get Bo, and I see California Fertility part show up on my. And you were like. I was like jackpot, baby. <laughs> Hello. Uh, They're like, hey, you got an appointment on the April first, and uh, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta get your analysis done so that we have the results for with Doctor Beck. And I was like, yes, let's do that. <laughs> how she's like, we have appointments Monday and Tuesday. I was like, okay, how about Tuesday? And anyway, I don't want to go over the whole how you make an appointment. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> then they gave me the available times, you see. And each one was slightly later than the previous time she said. So naturally, uh... <laughs> I agreed on a time. Um, I was like, how am I going to fit this in with Star Trek podcasts? I record at 3 o'clock on Monday and Tuesday. And then she said 11. I was like, yeah, sure. Score. Jackpot. Jackpot. So, yeah, that's what's going on here. We'll see what's happening with El Spermo. I'm trying to get some of my ducks in a row. Like, I got a mammogram, which I know she, Dr. Beck, was going to make me do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Everything was normal. Great. And I saw our OB, our OB, my OB. No, I think she's ours. I now. mean, she is ours. Um, on Friday, mm-hmm. got a pap smear, had a nice chat. Um, she said hello to Matt. Yes. She, yeah, I told her our plans. And then I was like, wait a second. But I heard you're not delivering anymore. And she right. was like, well, yes, that is true. She was like, you know, I guess it's like when your baby starts sleeping through the night and then you don't want to go back to them not sleeping through the night. She's like, that's what delivering babies was like. (laughs) Well, yes, obviously because of the all hours aspect of it. Um, I think she was just kind of over it. But also, was she like telling us not to do this? No. Because then our baby wouldn't be sleeping through the night? No, she was not. She was like, but, you know, if you have a scheduled C-section, I'll definitely be there. Like a nooner? Yeah, she, if you schedule it uh, at a time that is convenient to me, I'll definitely be there. Um, I like I like uh, an honest doc, you know. I always found her to be very honest. I oh, uh, she she and I got along. Yeah, just fine. Yeah, and you know you don't like a lot of people. I like um, I certainly like women more than men for the most part. Oh, and. Uh, Yeah, I can't think of a male doctor I've really enjoyed, mm. but I can think of a lot of female doctors I've enjoyed. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. 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 I mean, look, we all we all uh are surprised when and I like anybody, let alone a doctor. So Exactly. Um we chatted about Henry. It's just, you know, it was a good time. Good catch up. Good catch up. So, um, yeah, so there we are. What's happening? What's 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 new with you in the eyes of the podcast audience? Mm, Henry is just getting more and more obsessed with clocks and time. Yeah, he's in a... And numbers. He's, oh, my God. He was, like, losing his mind this morning when I had round three of the Valspar championship open 
the golf tournament, round four, sorry. And uh, they were flashing the carry numbers like when the ball was going. He's like, yeah, you got to hit it so high. You gotta, I was telling him you had to get over the tree. <laughs> and then uh, he was like guessing what their what their carry distance was going to be. He goes, maybe two, three, nine. <laughs> and I was like, well, because like, it was Justin Thomas carried it 289 or something like that. I was like, they're probably going to carry it a lot further than 230. <laughs> I also but, heard and then him. when like the scores came up, he was like, one, two, seven. And like just started doing like counting things on it. Like I'm sure it was like a beautiful mind where like all the yeah. numbers are floating <laughs> around his head. I also heard him get really excited when he heard the word clock. Yes. Because <laughs> they said one of the players was on the clock as they had hit. And he was like, clock! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's he's into it. He's into time right now. He's into time for sure. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's just him. Rain boy. Yeah. Um, what's going on with me? Well, my newsletter. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Available wherever computers are on. <laughs> or phones. Or phones. Um, yeah. You can just go to dory.substack.com. It's free to subscribe. There's also a paid subscription that will kick in like everything is free for the month of march and then so some, get, up, get up in there in march some stuff will start to be paywalled after march get a taste of what dory has to offer yeah but just get a taste some of the discussion threads on substack have been really fun people getting into it i made a playlist it's been a good time that's great yeah i'm, I'm glad that uh i'm glad that that's that launch is going well Hopefully, after people hear this, it'll go even better. I mean, they'll subscribe. Let's hope. And help let's me live my dream of retiring and becoming the best amateur golfer on the planet. Oh, thank you. Is that what I'm doing everything for? <laughs> so I, you can uh, retire and play golf? Yes, I thought so. Oh, okay. I mean, I was like, let's flip the let's flip the script here. Oh, I, instead I of see. working for both of us, just work for me. Oh, duh! I see how it really how it turned goes. it on its head. I you subverted really, expectations. You really did. You really, really did. So, um, you're happy with how things are going so far, newsletter wise? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have like a metric to compare it to because it's not like I've like launched another like right paid newsletter how about product before. Your husband's golf game. How are you feeling about that right now? I feel like you've been doing pretty well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I have. I shot one over on Friday, everybody. And I did not know it because I had not been tracking the score, really. Because I was doing it on my watch and it doesn't, not even on the, you know, usually when you, the TaylorMade app, you have to tell it what club you're hitting and then hit the club. Mm-hmm. Then go to the ball, then choose the next club, tell mm. it, hit it. So it, you know, it's so much fuffling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the app on the watch itself that you're never looking at the score. You're just looking at yardages. And I just, I get, and I, I guess when I, when I hit the last, I bogeyed the last two holes, 
And I was mm-hmm. I was expecting to be like, you know, nine, ten over normal score for me at this golf course, which I play all the time. Regular golf course would probably mm-hmm. be like much higher, but uh, it did its little I'm thinking thing. And then it said plus one. And I was like, what? <laughs> which I think probably, I don't think I would have shot as well had. Oh, had you known? Yeah, I probably would have oh, been like nervous about my score or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that I was like just free and easy by myself in the morning. Right. With no one around to. But I do, you know, yeah, anyway, whatever. It was a great, great score. Might never happen again. Let's all appreciate it. Or it might just keep happening. I doubt it. <laughs> um, what else is going on with you? Uh, what do you mean? Like, how's life? You know, just doing a lot of podcasts and uh, just trying to trying to get over this uh, mental hurdle of writing. And uh, had a long talk with Mosher yesterday. Really quickly diagnosed me, and I was like, "You're yeah, you're probably hundred percent right." What do you, What do you diagnose you with? Well, he's like, because we started talking about one of the ideas that I had had. And then I was laughing and we just started like riffing on the thing. And he's like, see, this is, this is you. You need someone to volley things off of and you need to make somebody laugh. And it's really hard when you're by yourself staring at a page to know if anything's funny. I was like, you're right. He's like, you need to like be in a room bouncing ideas and then writing. And I was like, you're right. He's like, why don't we knock this out by Friday? Make and read something over the weekend, and you know, just hit me up about some ideas, and then. So that's the plan. Oh, good. But that's going. That's what's going on with me. In case anyone's wondering, I've been uh, working on a pilot, seemingly endlessly, mm-hmm. for how many months? Months. Yeah, but like you know, uh, staring at a page for about a month. Yeah. But like you know, so. Trying to get over that hurdle. Yeah, writing on your own, it's like. It's very hard. It is. Especially, I think, like, it's especially hard for you because whenever you've written, you've written in a room. Yeah. Uh, Yes, most of the time. But, like, you know, there have been stuff I've written on my own that I've then handed off, which has been fine. But if I don't, it's like. You know, I could punch up a script no problem because there's structure in place. Mm-hmm. And then I can like sort of, my problem is that I don't like to write outlines. I like to just write scripts. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't have, you know, I can't do that for this. Right. I've got to like write an outline. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I hear Henry outside talking about golf balls. <laughs> but you felt better after talking to Mosher. Yeah, because like you have a plan. Yeah, I felt like uh, I had an understanding. Good. Because like I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I was like, "What's wrong with me?" Yeah. I know how the structure of a show works. I know how to plot things. Why am I just staring at this? Anyway, so oh, I see that. I hear Holly trying to corral Bo and Henry. Mm. That's always going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Bo's mean. <laughs> Matt asked if Bo was nice 
And Henry said, no. Because <laughs> Dory said I was mean. And I said, Henry, is Dina mean? Or I said, Henry, is Dina nice? And he goes, yeah. I was like, is Bubba nice? He goes, yeah. I was like, is Bubba nice? No. <laughs> that That's funny. it. That's the verdict. That was the story. That was what happened today. Yeah. Well, I took Henry to the park. Dory, and I don't know, I, I got to check her fever, see if there's anything going on. She asked me if I wanted to go, and I was like, well, not really. <laughs> Wait, why was it a fever that I asked you if you wanted to go? Usually, I'd just be like, you're coming, right? Or something like that. And not, I'm not, I'm not saying usually. But like, it felt like the kind of day where like, yeah, we should. But the fact that you were going to Griffith Park, and I just was like, yesterday we took Henry to the park, and it was it was pandemonium. It was very busy. It was pandemonium. monium <laughs> It was it was quite chaotic. I've never seen so many kids on various structures, et cetera, but like and there's so many different things happening. Many birthdays. Yeah. Many, you know, friends on blankets. You know, it was it was dogs. Dogs and scooters and mm-hmm. bikes and bubbles and it was just I've never seen so many people at the park. Which is like, oh, it's nice. People are finally congregating outdoors again. Mm-hmm. But it was also like, I couldn't hear myself think or concentrate on yeah, anything. Yeah, you seemed very overwhelmed, but like, you were <laughs> overstimulated. Yes, I mean, in a way that I had not fully been prepared for. Mm. I was just like, what's happening? <laughs> well, first, like, we couldn't get a parking spot at the yeah. park, which I was like, what? There's not even, like, a crappy parking spot? But then I, I was going to park on the other side, like, by the library. Yeah, that's where I thought you were headed. Yeah, that's where I was. But then I saw that spot, and I was like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Street spot. Yeah, street spot. Anyway, so it was just it was just mayhem, and I didn't care for it. No, you didn't. Hmm. Anyway, well, we should take a break. Okay, we can do that. But wait, before we take a break, let's remind people that they can email subscribe us. Subscribe to Now We're Talking. Yeah, Now We're Talking at dory.substack.com. Email us at Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail and call us at 413-461-BABY. You can also text us at that number. Please do. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got 
some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, the stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay, we're back. I'd like to say thank you to all of our listeners who uh, listened a couple weeks ago and felt bad. So they decided to email again. Well, Luba wrote in to say that she paused the pod to say that I think you did a great job talking about Ukraine on this week's show. Thanks a bunch. And she is in Sarnia, Ontario, in 3,000 square feet, one partner, one child, three grown adult children, and one golden doodle, and no hot dogs yet I... in 2022, unless you count pizza topping sausage, which I don't think What a wild thing to even <laughs> think I would count, first of all. <laughs> Pizza's uh, topping sausage, like it might be cut into like a like a like a like a circle, sliced like that. But even still, it's a, a it's a sausage, and B it's a topping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Thank you, Luba. I don't remember discussing. We well, we talked about the the babies who were trapped in the basement, the surrogate, oh, and how. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Good news is. Uh, it's still the same. You know, in my newsletter, I asked people to donate to Global Giving, which has a Ukraine fund going. And I said I would match donations up to $500. Um, and we quickly passed $500. So that was wow. great. Yeah. So thank you, everyone who is listening to this and who donated nice. to that. Um, okay. So our next email, I just want to preface this by saying that this person was quite agitated when they wrote into us. I see. And, well, I'm just going to read it, and then I will give my response, and then, Matt, if you feel like giving a response, you may also. Oh, no. Okay. All right. This is from Anonymous. So this week, you ended with yet another email about navigating Disney with children over an email like mine with truly important information your listeners, and in this case, you as well. 
I get trying to balance things and not making the podcast too heavy and also not being able to read every email, but this is a really perplexing editorial decision. I have a ton to say about the RI question from this week. Mm -hmm. I've sadly become an expert in it and could blow your mind with a quick list of all the possible tests and treatments you can do, but I can't spend time writing it if I don't think you'll read it. You seem to have changed focus of your podcast to primarily cater to people with children. Normally, I like the stories and advice, but really another email about navigating Disney over this one. I will just hope since you said you skipped a bunch of emails that you will come back to this next week. If you'd like, you can just point your listeners to the Reproductive Immunology Support Facebook group and they can have all their questions answered there. Mm-hmm. And iGenomics actually will tell you now if you have a segmental aneuploid, if it is a probable mosaic. They gave me wrong information at first in the email below. Both of ours were, I just found out today. Okay. Thank you, Anonymous, so, for your anonymous email. You know, when I read this email, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, this person is probably under a lot of stress. Absolutely. And I understand that. On the other hand, I think sometimes people forget that, like, we are actual people Mm -hmm. (laughs) with, like, our own story and issue. Like, we do this podcast, like, because we wanted to share our story but that doesn't mean that like everyone is entitled to every aspect of our story all the time. And I told, and I responded to this listener over email and I said, mm-hmm. you know, I chose not to answer your email because at the top of your email, you asked several questions, which we have addressed already on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't feel like rehashing. And you know what? That's my right. I can do that. Thousand percent. And like, I just, bothered me that this person thought they were automatically like entitled to that and then got angry at us for like answering a Disney email, which actually has no bearing on the other emails that we answer. Like the Disney emails are kind of tacked on at the end. We do not not answer a an IVF email just so we can answer a Disney email. We try to get a little light at the end of yeah. the podcast because a lot of times the middle is very uh, heavy. So um, that's that's that editorial decision. Uh, as far as structurally, that's 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 how that goes. Um, look, you, I get it. You're stressed out. You obviously this thing was very it's very timely for you. You just found out information on the day you're writing that email. Um, and you're probably listening in the hopes that someone else is having a similar issue or that your information will be read. Now, this whole sentence here of, <laughs> uh, I have a ton to say, I've become an expert and I could uh, give you a quick list of possible treatments and tests you can do, but I can't spend time writing if I don't think you'll read it. I mean, that sentence in and of itself is, if you have information that you think is going to help somebody and you're just refusing to send it because the off chance that we're not going to read it, then I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I mean, I hope you, uh, I hope you find whatever it is you're looking for. I hope that um, what you're going through, I hope that it works out. You know, if you're if you're doing IVF, I, I really absolutely hope that 
it works for you and uh but in regards to your podcast listening you don't have to you know <laughs> you can you can you can turn on something else if we're not exactly what you're looking for and and but honestly i have no ill feelings towards you i i've been doing podcasts for oh god 15 years now and you know it's all right it's gonna be okay it'll work out our podcast will keep going you'll hopefully still listen but you know if you choose to, to listen to something else go for it we're not here exactly to get the biggest numbers <laughs> It's, it's pretty, not like it's a pretty niche. It's a you podcast. know yeah. It's but I also do appreciate you uh, referring someone to the reproductive immunology support Facebook group, and uh, hopefully that person can get a lot of their questions answered there, and hopefully things are working out for you. Just one more. Please, kind of sidebar ahead, sure. thing before we move on. Um, this idea of like not everything is for everyone is like something that has taken me a really long time to learn. <clears throat> and I think I used to get kind of upset when people would like get upset about like a podcast or like something I had written or something. And this happened just like a week ago. Someone commented on one of my first newsletters that they like, they really didn't like the like main section that I was that I had in there, and like I, they just kind of like went on and on about it. And I was just like, you know what, this might not be for you, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it is totally okay for some things to not be for you, because there, guess what, there are things that are for you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So it's true. You're gonna find it. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we did get. That is um, the hardest thing about podcasting. It takes so long before you become uh, broken <laughs> and um, sort of uh, almost immune to it. Yes. I say almost because there are still, uh, you know, there, there, is, is the there are still emails that yeah. like Andy read one to me the other day that he, you know, didn't read on the air. And I just was like, I was, I found myself yelling at Andy for 20 minutes. <laughs> and also just like but like also in the middle of it saying again not yelling at you i'm yelling at this email blah 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 blah, blah. right 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway anyway so someone else wrote in about this whole r-i-r-e mm -hmm. issue this is from kate yep re's don't seem to have much love for r-i's my re is pretty laid back and lets me generally call the shots, pun intended, on my transfer protocol, post my first transfer ending in a loss. And after a lot of research and learnings, much from the Matt and Dory's uh, Facebook group, after my second transfer resulted in a pregnancy that also ended in a loss at nine right. and a half weeks with a genetically normal embryo. Tested before and after. Wait, did we already read this email last week? I don't remember the pun. Mm, now I'm... Now I'm now I'm second guessing myself. I don't think this is in last week's email. No. I can tell you in a second here. No, it's not actually. Yeah. No, it's not. No. That was weird. I like totally, maybe I like read it in our email. Well, you did then... read it. <laughs> yeah. Previously. I don't know. To that, was, that was weird. Okay. 
Um, let's see. Loss ended, lost it nine and a half weeks with a genetically normal embryo tested before and after. Um, I was just not going to go through all of that again, expecting a different outcome, definition of crazy and all without some major changes. Mm -hmm. My RE was basically like, if you go to Dr. KK, she'll just keep you on love knocks the whole time. I mean, he wasn't wrong, but there were other meds and lots of monitoring that just made me feel so much better. Mm -hmm. And now I have my amazing one and a half year old daughter and I'm 23 weeks pregnant wow. with my second. I actually saw Dr. KK in the office today, just walking by and felt like I was seeing a celeb. Ha. Huh? The meds, well, I don't care about potential side effects as long as I have my healthy baby. Plus, mm -hmm. most of them have potential side effects if you're using them long term, not just for weeks slash months. Prednisone, I'm on prior and during most of the pregnancy, and I got COVID fully vaxxed, but not boosted at the time in late October when I was barely four weeks. Mm -hmm. It was stressful AF. We had been so careful because I was on prednisone, and but somehow my daughter got it. But all was okay. Thank God. Yay for vax. And I'm now boosted too and haven't gotten anything else, not even a cold or Omicron. Since I think our pandemic brains are a bit overwrought because honestly, your immune system lowers in pregnancy anyway, and the amount of prednisone they generally have you on isn't doing a ton more. Plus, after your first trimester, most all most are all cold slash flus and whatnot aren't really a problem. So to me, that's not even an issue. However, it does seem like this listener has more than she's considering, which is also her age. I'm 41, so an older mom, and I also live in a city and know many of uh, know many other older moms. So my perspective is a bit skewed, but big picture, if you want another baby, then that stuff isn't a big deal, IMO. As my sister-in-law said, after they decided to go for a third, we won't regret doing it, but we, we may regret not doing it. Sorry for the journal, hope it helps. And that is from Kate in 1900 square feet in Chicago with herself, her husband, her baby, older cranky cat, and another RE slash RI co-production science baby <laughs> on the way, zero hot dogs in 2022. Love a good co-pro, you know? Totally. Um, I, uh, SIL, the fact that you very quickly addressed that as sister-in-law, I was like, whoa, I guess that would be sister-in-law. Yeah. I had no idea what that was. Mm, you're not on message boards regarding not often. pregnancy and, and parenthood very much or relationships. True. If you go to r slash relationships, you'll probably see a lot of SILs. Well, like in my main feed, sometimes the, the like some, I don't know, the things will come up like, you know, the headline or whatever. And they'll be like me, 24 F, my boyfriend, and then MIA, mother-in-law, I guess that would yeah. be, it would be in like, it's just, I'm just like. Well, there's what? a whole subreddit called Just No MIL that is filled with like horror stories about mothers-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is helpful. I mean, this is a this is a success story here. Absolutely. So, let's like to see that hot dog cup count come up a little bit from zero. Um. So thank you, Kate, for writing in. Uh, we have a voicemail. Okay. Um, I probably should have asked you that earlier. Well, you know, it happens. Or you know, I could have just looked. There's a number of ways this could have been avoided, this whole pause where I'm trying to vamp. <laughs> but it's ready to go. Okay, here we go. Hey, Matt and Dory, this is Colleen. I'm calling in response to the person who had questions about PGS testing. Uh, my husband and I, after two kids, have some serious questions about PGS testing. So... We had multiple miscarriages and found ourselves doing IVF. We had 
uh, one untested transfer of two embryos, and one of those took, and that's my five-year-old daughter, uh, and she has no known issues. We then did eight retrievals with fairly good yield of embryos, but we would test, and we would only end up with one or zero uh, PGS normal embryos, and they were always the lowest graded. And we, um, I think we did five or six transfers that failed. Um, and so we were finally frustrated and tired. And uh, because we tend towards miscarriages, my husband decided to have a vasectomy. So we stopped uh, trying uh, IVF in January. We had some unprotected sex. And in March, she decided to uh, schedule the vasectomy, at which point I realized I'd missed my period. So we had a very awkward uh, text exchange when I sent him a positive pregnancy test on the day he scheduled his vasectomy. And lo and behold, we have a second healthy daughter um, who I had at 40. She's not tested. She arrived naturally. So what the actual hell? We have questions whether PGS was actually doing anything if both our daughters are normal Mm -hmm. and untested, and yet we were turning out PGS, uh, we were we were not turn, turning out PGS normal embryos, so I'm not sure if the PGS system actually works or not. If we ended up with two daughters who are perfectly normal, and yet all the PGS embryos that we were putting in were failing, so we just continue to have a lot of questions. And I have to add a note here: I'm really sorry that I am the story that everybody hates. That they gave up and then they had a healthy kid. Didn't mean to do it. I hated when people told me this story, but here I am. So um, to the people out there who have some questions about PGS testing, I just wanted to relate this story and say you're not alone in wondering, how does this all fit together? Uh, thanks for this podcast. It has been <laughs> so helpful. I've recommended it to friend after friend. I'm not laughing at you. Um, and uh, keep going because i got to know how all your stuff turns out. Uh, thank you. Bye. Uh, what do you think? A little uh, empirical evidence. This is very interesting. I, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's all fascinating. But the way you said it really just makes me think. You think there might be a conspiracy with the uh, big PGS <laughs> pulling all the strings in the fertility world. I mean, which you know, crazier things have happened. Yeah. It definitely has become like kind of standard, I think, in a lot of places. Yeah, I think that's again, you know, that's a result though of people of not people, but like um, clinics wanting to keep their numbers good. Yes. Um, which is it's interesting what you're saying because you know maybe their numbers could be better. It's just yeah, it's like it's so hard to say when you look at the studies. I mean, supposedly. PGS people who do PGS have higher rates of pregnancy but it's not that much higher right so but you know you're clawing for any edge you can yes totally like a like a like like totally like a bookie Dr. Brown bless her heart asked if we were gonna do ICSI this time and I was like oh we're we're way past that We're we're into new we're to Zymot chips we're we're just we're just here to try it all it just reminded me though that like the average ob does not really know 
that much about IVF or, you know, what in for like how fertility doctors work like that's I mean, not I guess their if you're focus not perusing the journals all yeah the time, and that and like why why would they you know um okay well that is food for thought thank you thank for you, your indeed. call uh next one is from erica yes go ahead matt i'm matt and dory do not euthanize the podcast <laughs> I have listened since the start. I began listening actually later into your journey, but I've listened to every episode and been caught up for a long time. Uh, we began our science uh, journey in 2019, did five egg retrieval, seven cycles since two got canceled because of my ovary sucking. We did so many IUIs and TI cycles. That's timed intercourse. Thank you for the uh, for writing that out. Uh, I've picked up a few slash many uh, tips along the way. I thought if I was emailing you, I could boost your email account by one. Uh, oh, your one email count, which is true. We only got one two weeks ago, and it was probably the lowest of lows. <laughs> Thank you to person who wrote in two weeks later. <laughs> it was mad for us not reading an email. Uh... Uh, best two tips. One, get copies of results from every appointment to best advocate for your own needs. Two, do carrier screening tests before IVF. If your doctor says... Sorry, if your doctor... Oh, says it's not needed. Just do it. 23andMe does an okay job of finding some genes, FYI. We are now doing single gene testing on our remaining three PGS normal embryos because our 15-week-old son was born deaf. Turns out my husband and I are both recessive carriers of the uh, GJB2 gene. We were grateful for not knowing before because A, we can't turn back time, and B, our son is the happiest baby that could be. And we, uh, had we known, he wouldn't have been able, he wouldn't have been transferred unless the embryos didn't take, the other embryos didn't take. We're sad he needs to have surgery to hear, cochlear implants, but he will have a, quote, normal life. I love your podcast so much. I do hope you continue it. I also hope your April 1st appointment goes well for baby two. I also hope meds are covered. None of ours were. All my best, Erica. 1,100 square feet, Toronto, zero hot dogs in many years. Sorry, Matt. We are gluten-free. It's okay. You're going to miss out on some good buns. Two cats, one husband, one science baby who's 15 weeks old. Congrats on the science baby. And Jesus, I mean, medical science, huh? Mm-hmm. Kid can have surgery in here. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Glad he's happy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, genetics are wild. I mean, I think that every time I see Henry dominantly using his right hand. Yeah, totally. Like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> You're in a left-handed house. Our house is set up for lefties. <laughs> Everything here is for left-handed people. Those golf clubs, that guitar, <laughs> those scissors. No, actually, the scissors are right. No, we're all we can't use left-handed scissors. Actually, yeah, I don't know what to do with them. I don't either. I just I'm so used to like cutting on this angle. Yeah, with same. right-handed scissors that. Yeah. Anyway. When I see people use scissors, like like are right-handed, and they can just use scissors, I'm like, wow, you can really do some fine cutting with scissors. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Not me. We probably aren't as good at cutting. Correct. Huh. Look, I'm the only thing here set up for righty is the mouse. Oh yeah, same. I use I use my right. I use a mouse with my right hand. Never even occurred to me. I know. Which also makes me think. Well, what else? Right. Totally. Could I have just done right-handed? And been fine at it. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
Thinking about food for thought, everybody. <laughs> um, Erica, thank you for gluten free food for thought. Yeah. Mm. Um. Okay. This is from Julia. Hey, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Guessing your recent lack of emails was mainly an accidental consequence of how good the Facebook group is at answering questions and comforting one another. True. Just a thought. Your banter and life updates are solved to my blah Mondays. Also, my husband and I have made the decision to be done with IVF. We have two science babies from two transfers and have four embryos left. We originally thought we would donate to science if we had any left, but apparently most of those get discarded. So we decided to donate to another couple in a semi-open or open embryo adoption. Interesting. Very beginning stages of this process, but it's feeling a little like a dating site with reading up on hopeful couples and even a few single mamas. I'm just curious what you think of the possible issues you two would have if you theoretically went down this path. My husband has a big worry of the toll IVF takes on couples and doesn't want our embryos going to a couple on the verge of ending things who want to patch up a failing marriage with kids. Whoa. Is that a lot of the uh, the, 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 the potential pool here that I don't... What's happening? LOL. Super specific fear. I know. I tend to have a general fear of choosing a couple we end up uh, with not being able to... S- to stand. To stand and feel forever sad. We gave our embryos to the wrong people. The fear is not strong enough for me to completely avoid going down this path, but just curious what you guys think. Julia, in 2,700 square feet in central Florida, one introvert husband, two wild science babies, one old AF dog, two cats, and two hot dogs on brioche buns. I really thought you had one old as fuck hot dog, and I was like, ew. That's gross. Brioche buns and hot dogs. I've done it, and I don't care for it. There's a, there's a sweetness that I don't need with my hot dog. That comes with a brioche bun. Mm. But I count your hot dogs, so thank you. Mm. Um, what do you think of her question? I guess the two parts of her I'm, question. I'm, well, I, which which end? To, just curious what you think the possible issues you two would have if you theoretically went down this path. Which side of the path are you talking about? Being the recipients of embryos, I assume she's asking? I assume that's what she's asking. Because we ain't got any embryos to give. No. Um, I would be like, no, thank you, because of the open part of it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't just like let me raise this embryo the way I think it should be raised. Get away. Well, I don't think that's what an open adoption means. It's not like they're like all up in your business, like telling you how to raise the kid. Well, I mean, she's talking about you know not being able to stand a family. Which, you know, theoretically, you're not going to give your every to a family you can't stand, and you shouldn't get to know them well enough to not stand them in the future. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the way that she's writing it makes me think that she wants to have, which is, you know, that is for people. That is great if you, if you are built like that. And You're just saying not for you. I'm saying not, it is not for me, no. That's fair. Because of just the... I don't know. It's like, you know, borrowing someone's car. <laughs> You're just like, I'm never really going to drive it the way I would drive it if it was mine. Uh, well, it's not like it can take the child back. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows at this point? The way the Supreme Court is skewed. <laughs> sure. I mean... <laughs> Look, I just, she asked. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I crazily... You know, it is not... It's just... I completely get it for, you know, people who get it and do it and love it. God bless. But 
That's totally fair. It's not N-F-M. for you. NFM. Um, I do not feel as strongly as Matt does about this, but I mean, also, it's like the same token that you're saying that you might not be able to stand the people that you give the embryos to. I'm worried that I might not be able to stand the people who gave me the embryos. Right, and then you have their kid. Yeah, and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I hear that. Um, I mean, I think what I'm what I'm hearing in this email is like kind of fear over loss of control, right? You're like, also hearing that from your husband, and I'm hearing that from my husband. Like, what? Like, yeah. Once you give that embryo to someone, like you don't get a say in what happens next, and like they could get divorced. That like a lot of things could happen. Um, and I think the key is like not going through life like second guessing, you know, like, oh, should we have given this to another couple or, you know, kind of like trying to assess the quality of their lives like with this. You know what I mean? The like, I think the thing that cracks me out is your the husband's um, very specific uh, fear that whoever gets the embryo is just doing it to patch up. A... <laughs> Let me just also toss this out. What if it works? <laughs> totally. <laughs> what if it brings a couple closer than ever and it's like the love that was meant to be lasts for another 50 years? Yeah. And maybe IVF was really stressful. Like they did just need a baby. Yeah. Maybe you're bringing this joy to a family that like was missing. What'd you think joy? of that, Julia's husband? <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's amazing what you're doing. I think it's really great. And here, here. I hope that you move forward with it all right honey we should take a break we should we should be right back planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're back and, and better than ever. Not really. Nothing's changed. It's been literally 40 seconds. Um, for us, probably a minute and 48 seconds for you. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we heard from a listener named Jamie who wanted to write in to respond to two of the letter writers from last week. First, for the mom wondering if she was too old. I agree she should go for it if she wants to. I'm 41 and pregnant with my third with two much older boys, and I'm embracing my role as seasoned expert mom. Hmm. My family tends to have short generations where I'm really the outlier and they think I'm a little nutty, but they're excited for my baby. In fact, my 22-year-old niece is pregnant with her carefully planned first child. And I can't wait for us to have babies together. There's something to love about pregnancy and a new baby at every age. Next, for the writer who's wondering about whether to try for a VBAC, I agree with Dory that it's super personal and to ask your doctor, but do be aware that many doctors won't perform them for liability reasons. If exploring VBAC is important to you, make sure to find a doctor who's willing to try it or you may never know if you're a good candidate. Another thing to think about is that it is not all or nothing. You could schedule your repeat C-section, 
but decide you will try labor if it starts naturally before your date with the OR, or that you want to try, but only if you do not need certain birth interventions or any number of other possibilities. Again, it's super personal, and there are advantages and disadvantages each way. I wasn't successful in my VBAC attempt, but I don't regret trying. I hope these thoughts are helpful for the listeners. Thank you for this great community. Your your Denver embryo donation friend in 1,700 square feet. I might have to give up my beloved Costco hot dogs because my doctor wants me to go to low salt. Mm, yeah, that that is that is a salty beast. The Costco hot dog in particular. Yes. Yeah. I mean, all hot dogs pretty much are packed with delicious sodium. Mm. But a Costco hot dog, like the first thing I think of is the saltiness of it. Interesting. So thank you for writing in and for being so open about your Costco hot dog needs and desires. <laughs> uh, thank you for this, Jamie. Do you want to read this text? Sure. Uh, hey, Matt Dory, my husband and I are going to start trying to conceive this fall. Do you have anything you would put on your pre-trying pregnancy baby bucket list thinking things like spend all day in bed travel abroad cook a long elaborate meal go to a spa etc live in san francisco 18 hundo three hot dogs this year uh ireland i wish we had gotten that trip in Mm, interesting (laughs) i really do like that was like sort of like the plan right yeah um and yeah, I would say long, any long distance travel, I would say think about doing it before the baby just because it's going to take many years before you uh, aren't just dreading the travel part. And look, before all you people who have traveled with young children write in to say, it's not that bad. It's not something that I'm like jumping to do. <laughs> yes. We've Dory has been asking me recently about what our plans are this summer in July and going back to the East Coast. And I'm just like, I can't like can't wrap my head around it again, like getting on a plane with Henry and all that it that entails. So I'm just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about these days? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you've been pretty unhelpful with it. I know. And I and I I'm sorry. But it really is like a mental block of like, it's just such a, it just becomes so many, it's just so much more. It's It's so much more. It's a lot of logistics. You pack twice as much stuff for the kid. And then it's not like they can carry any of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's true. All right. So, but yeah, my advice, travel. Um, I would also say do anything like spontaneous, like maybe i don't know go away for the weekend on like a day's notice or you're in san francisco you could like fucking just you know what spend the weekend in portland yeah like do something like that because that kind of stuff gets really hard to do i would say impossible yeah or you know as uh jay-z says difficult takes a day impossible takes a week so whatever Hmm. um so Last week, we heard from a listener who had decision paralysis. Mm -hmm. We got a couple of responses about this. Okay. I'm going to play voicemail. All right. Hello, Shepherdiras. It's Katie Shinden calling regarding decision paralysis from a toddler perspective. 
Okay, so in kinder music class, we do a hello song. Each kiddo picks a movement, and we sing for them. We all move our bodies the same way. And oftentimes, parents will provide a plethora of choices for the child to choose from. Overwhelming said child. I like to remind parents that sometimes more than two choices can be overwhelming. And um, just narrow it down to two. makes it a lot easier. Do you want to stomp or jump? Anyhow, decision paralysis is real. Love you guys. Bye. Hang on, we didn't have our microphones back on. I know. Because they wrapped up so nicely with decision paralysis is real. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a second, that's over? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I try not to overwhelm Henry with too many decisions. And I think that's like a good thing for me to remember for myself. Yes. And oftentimes for me, it's two decisions. It's the thing or not. <laughs> hmm. Which I still find hard, but that's just me. I'm just, I'm just a mess. Um, do you want to read this sure. next email? It's from Laura. Uh, all right, Laura, here we go. Dear Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo, or in the order of Henry's song, Mama, Dita, Bobo, Henry. <laughs> uh. I'm writing to respond to Becca, who wrote last week about how to make decisions, especially with my first. I went down rabbit holes researching every piece of baby slash kid gear over time. I decided that I need to reclaim my brain space. And thus, if there is a wire cutter uh, review for the thing I want, I'll just go with their recommendation. And like Dory said, I can always sell the thing and get something else if it doesn't work out. I can't address all the decisions Becca's trying to make. But I do feel strongly about our stroller wagon. We have the Veer, V-E-E-R, which is the wire cutter's upgrade pick. My husband and I both love it. We haven't used our double stroller at all since we got it. It folds down easily. It fits a lot. We piled our two kids and almost all our stuff into it last summer to take the ferry to Martha's Vineyard for a week. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Drives nicely. Uh, probably hard to find any kind of wagon in the stores, but maybe you can find someone in the wild. Some, uh, some in the wild. I'm always happy to let people try ours uh, when we're at the playground. And finally, if you belong to REI, you can buy Veer through them for the 10% co-op member rate. Good luck. Laura, two kids. Sorry, two adults, three kids, one cat, 2,500 square feet in Medford, Mass. No hot dogs in 2022. Because Beyond Sausages don't count. I love that that was all spelled phonetically. But I meant to write, I meant to say personally, this is Matt speaking now. Two adults, three kids, one veer, and one cat. So get the veer. Um, the veer is expensive, just as a note. It's the upgrade pick. It is the upgrade pick. At but... wire cutter. So go with maybe if you if you that's not in your budge. Check out the non-upgrade pick. Yeah, but I, I I will echo what this person wrote and say that people I know who have the Veer do love it. So if you can swing it, go for the Veer. Speaking of swinging, I made Dory watch Spider-Man last night. Good segue. Thank you. <laughs> it really, well, I don't want to give a spoiler. It really picked up when... In Act 3. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, like middle of Act middle 2. Middle of Act 2. Sure, yeah. of course. 
But also for you, who I don't think you've seen either of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. No, I don't think I have. It's, it, I mean, you must have been like, what's happening? That's May? <laughs> yeah. I did. I definitely did see at least one Tobey Maguire. And I'm pretty sure I saw an Andrew Garfield. And I've seen the animated one. Into the Spider-Verse? Yes. It's probably as good a prep as any. But overall, did you enjoy yourself with the I, film? I did. There were parts that I was sort of like, okay. and But then, like I said, about halfway through Act 2, yeah. it, I feel like it started really gelling. How do you feel about Doctor Strange? Um, I, I don't understand why they didn't let him have a British accent. None of us do. Okay, is that it, like a thing? Benedict Cumberbatch's choice, I think. Oh, it is? Yeah, I think he wanted to do it. Oh, interesting. Okay. There's so many British actors in the Spider-Man movies. Well, there's so many British actors in all those movies. It's just funny how they all are doing American accents. Well, Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil. Uh-huh. Who, you know, is his lawyer. British. Oh, yeah. She's British. Okay. I'm just saying, it's like, even when you don't suspect it. Right. Suddenly. Right. They jump up. Yeah. And go, for the queen. <laughs> um but yeah i I enjoyed it i like tom holland i like zendaya i like them as a couple uh i liked her much more in this one they really really i think they well they gave her a lot to do when she was great yeah i thought she i think she's anyway that's our spider-man no way home review (laughs) Tucked in the end of the middle of the pod. I don't know where we are on the podcast. Um, Act three. No, no emails were skipped to discuss Spider Man. Yeah, so uh, put it down. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so last week we heard from a listener who had an issue with her suitism, mm-hmm. unwanted hair, and we got a couple of listeners responding to that. So Claire wrote. Um, I'm a physician that has PCOS, so I have some medical knowledge about this and I've navigated it personally. I'm sorry that the only advice she's getting from her doctors is to lose weight. After being told the same thing throughout my entire adolescence, I was diagnosed at 13. I developed an eating disorder in my early 20s and was underweight. Guess who still had sideburns and a beard? I'm now at what the medical community would consider a, quote, normal weight and unwanted hair remains a problem. That said, Dory's recommendation to talk with an endocrinologist is a good one. Birth control pills and other and another medication called spiro, spironolactone can help, and an endocrinologist should be able to discuss your options. Derm may also be able to help, but I would start with endocrine. To my knowledge, no miracle pill exists, and I'm resigned to shaving and plucking. Good luck. From Claire in Rhode Island, in 1,300 square feet with my husband and our 11-month-old son with one Costco hot dog in 2022. Thank you, Claire. I love that you're like, I'm a doctor, so I might know. <laughs> Well, we heard from another doctor. I love hearing from doctors and not just ones on TV. Um, not, this is an anonymous doctor mm-hmm. who wrote in to say, I'm an OBGYN and hirsutism is a pretty common issue for women and can be treated by your OBGYN or family practice doc or by a dermatologist or endocrinologist. Though those specialty appointments can be hard to come by and involve long waits, at least in my corner of New England. Hey, two New England doctors wrote in to us. Love it. Humans have three kinds of hair, lanugo, fine baby hair, vellus hair, soft, small, and non-pigmented, and terminal hairs, which are longer, coarser, and pigmented. That's me. 
Androgens in our bodies, like testosterone, cause differentiation of vellus hair into terminal hair. Usually, this is first noticeable as hirsutism in the chin, upper lip, chest, lower abdomen. Paradoxically, hair loss on the scalp, male pattern baldness, can also occur in severe cases. PCOS is the cause for the vast majority of women due to the higher testosterone levels. There are rare endocrine conditions that can present with hirsutism and I'll usually I'll order a lab panel to rule those out. For many women, the hirsutism is idiopathic, meaning we just don't know why they have it. There is often a family history. Regardless of the cause, um, once those hairs differentiate to terminal hairs, they will always be terminal hairs. The change is permanent. Hmm. So treatment focuses on two angles. One, lowering androgen levels to prevent more terminal hairs from forming. And two, cosmetic treatments to remove or decrease the number of terminal hairs, not weight loss. I mean, healthy diet, moderate exercise are good for everybody and can improve metabolic issues with PCOS, but they're not going to fix hirsutism. First line in women not actively trying to conceive is combination oral contraceptives, assuming no contraindications. The estrogen and progesterone lower testosterone levels to reduce the production of new terminal hairs. Incidentally, the lower testosterone levels levels are also responsible for the improvement in acne and lowering of sex drive that we see in patients on OCPs, oral contraceptives. Hair growth cycles are lengthy, so improvement won't be noted for six months after initiation. If lots of new terminal hair is still forming, usually an anti-androgen like spironolactone is added. People address the cosmetic part by shaving or plucking, but electrolysis and laser are often faster and more permanent, resulting in removal of 40 to 80% of the terminal hair. However, lasers don't work for every skin tone slash hair color. Hmm, Electrolysis is kind of 80s. It's effective, but a slow process. And it's harder to find an electrolysis practitioner these days. Anyway, hope this helps. An excellent and accessible article from the American Academy for Family Practice can be found by Googling AAFP and hirsutism. Lastly, I just want to say that I think we and society overly focus on external appearance as an indicator of self-worth. In an ideal world, we should all be able to be proud of what makes us unique. As a person with my own bodily issues, I know it is a struggle. But remember to be kind and loving to yourself regardless. Thanks again. For the pod guys, anonymous. Um, well, thank you for writing in. There's um, a wealth of information and not withholding email. your email because we talked about <laughs> Disney. Uh, <laughs> um, I I just learned a lot about hair. Yeah, I did too. I and didn't know most of this. Didn't know there was a term for terminal hair. Yeah, I've got a lot of terminal hair. Um, I did know that about laser hair removal because I've done laser hair removal and I am like the best um, category of candidate because I have pale skin and dark hair. Oh. And that is like the easiest for them to laser off. Um, It's harder if you're pale and you have blonde hair. And it's also harder if you have darker skin and dark hair. Like the laser has trouble like picking it up. Oh no. Um. But there are newer lasers now that I think are better at it. But it used, like, when I first got laser hair removal, like, I don't know, 10 plus years ago, the lasers, like, if you went in and you didn't have the right, like, skin hair combination, they would be like, we can't do this on you. So, it's interesting. It's, uh, does it hurt? It does. It's like uncomfortable. It's not like you're like screaming. Just fires like a like a like a and a laser burns it out. It really feels it. Yeah, it's like you're being zapped. I love a good zap. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. 
but you also it takes a while and they can only do like a small area at a time can they do like a spider-man logo in my back um probably nice okay you could do that i'll be spider-man all the time oh that's fun um all right we have a voicemail okay hi pat and dory so I meant to write this a couple weeks ago, um, you know, possibly because you might have said that not a lot of people have been writing in, but I had a question. Um, this is kind of related to Henry, um, you know, turning three years old soon, but what do we do? Like, this is a legit question. My son is going to be two at the end of March and, you know, we obviously didn't get, really get to celebrate his first birthday and... We also live in a new state, so, like, we don't really have a lot of friends and family because, you know, we moved to another state in 2021, so there wasn't really a lot of opportunity to meet people. But, you know, like, he does go to daycare, so obviously there's some kids that he knows there. Um, And, yeah, what do we do? Like, seriously, how do we – like, can we celebrate? Do we celebrate? Like, you know, my – Kiddo actually had COVID in February, and so did pretty much most of his class. So, does that mean we can like safely you can rip it up party outside? I mean, I've heard of some people doing that, but you know, it still feels a little icky. And I also like don't want to plan something and just have nobody show because everyone else is being more cautious than mm-hmm. maybe I am, even mm-hmm. though I'm super cautious. But you know, I kind of figure. He's had COVID, even though he's not vaccinated yet. You know, we're, we'll be outside. It'll be like an hour. You know, we'll go to like a playground and have a cupcake or something. But and like even then, like, what do we do? Like, that's it. How do I invite other parents? I don't have anyone's email. Like, do I have to do mm. paper invitations? Do I go mm. like totally old school and like buy actual balloons and like a cake? Like, how do I even talk to other parents? Like, how do you meet other parents? Like, I don't even know. Like. I just, I'm at such a loss, you know, because becoming a mom during the pandemic has not really left me with a lot of friends. I mean, I'm still friends with, you know, my friends before that had kids and mm-hmm. some friends that I was already with, like friends with who had kids after the pandemic began, but I don't really have any new mom friends. I don't really know anyone nearby. I, you know, I'm not friendly with anyone in his school, but I don't know. It feels like... <sighs> Honestly, it just feels like it would be so nice to have, like, something real to look forward to because I'm still, like, very anxious about the vaccine, you know, not coming yet. And uh, it would just be so nice to do something. But I honestly don't even know how to do that because I've, you know, I'm a first-time parent, so I've never thrown a birthday party. But also I have, like, nobody to ask for advice because as far as I know, like, nobody's thrown a birthday party in the past couple of years. So, like, what do we do? Is this even a good idea? I don't know. Help. Uh, I think you nailed it sort of with your idea of the park and a cupcake. It's a two-year-old's birthday party. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, you don't need fucking fireworks and a camel. Just like, (laughs) just, you know, letting him have an organized outdoor play date with, you know, however many kids from his class that you think might come also i would say that you're probably you're probably gonna when did she say the birthday was end of march oh now yeah 
then I think, yeah, quick, like, you know, be like, hey, uh, how do you do this again with the day? I mean, maybe from the daycare, you get some information on the other parents. And I would talk to the daycare, so you know, whoever's running the daycare, the daycare workers about this sort of situation and be like, I want to do like a second birthday thing for my kid at the park. Do you have any way I can get in contact with the other parents? Uh, maybe organize a play date if they're into that as far as safety is concerned outdoors. Um, you know, at the playground, I think is the way to do it. Do you need balloons? No, but you know, cupcakes and some birthday napkins. You're good to go. Yeah. Sounds great. We're going through a similar thing right now with Henry's third birthday, which would be coming up yeah. in, in April. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. What should we do? And Dory's like, I don't know. And that's where we're at. Yep. Because we did the park thing for his second birthday. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. <sighs> and a lot of places that you used to be able to have a birthday party at here are still not doing birthday parties yes like you used to be able to have a birthday party at the zoo right which i feel like he would love but right can't do that right so and a lot of it's not health mandate yeah staffing yeah um all right Brittany says, oh, wait, no, sorry. Ariana writes to say about sleep consultants, see if her local hospital has a pediatric sleep doctor. A $25 copay is so much nicer than a $300 sleep consultant, mm -hmm. and you get pretty much the same thing. Side story, when we went to see the sleep doctor when our kid was nine months old, I asked if she needed to come with us. The receptionist's reply was, you can't leave a nine-month-old home alone, right? Because that is obviously what I meant, sigh. <laughs> Uh, um, that's a hot tip. I've never heard of this being a thing. Me either. But so, I like it. Yeah. Also, their dog Ben says woof 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 woof. No, their Ben says Ben says woof 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 woof. Mm, you're right. Yeah. To both. Hit the exclamation yeah. point and the question mark. Thank you. Um. All right. Brittany writes, I have a parenting question. This spring and summer, my mom and stepmom will be watching my daughter who is currently five months old. We nice. follow Rye and encourage development through play. Mm -hmm. There is zero screen time for baby. I'm worried my boomer parents will not respect our wishes of no screen time and not let baby have enough floor time to learn and play. They always have the TV on during the day and always just want to hold and cuddle their grandchild. Any advice on how to have conversations with them about this? How do you navigate expectations with grandparents and following similar styles and rules that are not the same to how they parented 30 to 40 years ago? Or do I just need to let this go and understand this is the price I'm going to have to pay for free childcare? Thanks, Brittany. In 2,500 square feet on 10 acres in South Central Kentucky, zero hot dogs in 2021. Okay, but what about 2022, Brittany? Mm, good point. Uh, first of all, you know, that's a nice way to look at it. That's the price you're going to pay for free childcare. There might be a screen on. But also, you know, if they want to cuddle, they can cuddle. Just do it in this other room. <laughs> I've, you know, it, it's not... When Henry was really little, we were... We weren't super strict about the TV being on. Because he, we'd keep him like facing us, like when baseball games were on or whatever. But that, I mean, that was like for the first couple months of his life. Mm -hmm. 
And then otherwise, I don't know. Do you remember? I don't remember. Uh, we we would turn it off if we noticed him like looking at it. I remember. I don't remember us being a place that had the TV on often. No, but we didn't have the TV on all, that often. Um, oops. To and your- when our parents came in, you know, they'd have the TV on. Actually, they'd listen to us and not yeah. have the TV on if we didn't want it on. But also, like, we let them watch the TV and just were like, stay out there and I think, kids in here. I think what you can do is you can express your wishes. Um, maybe, like, set up a floor area for the baby in their house. So, like, there's, like, a special a contained... Nice baby jail. Nice baby jail. Um, and then I think you kind of have to let it go. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's the price you pay for free childcare. Yeah, and so. you know, your kid catching some TV screen at five months old—they're gonna and be okay. As long as the baby is like safe and happy, like that's kind of all you can hope for at this point. Um. Okay, we got a couple of voicemails about landlines okay from landlines i hope um i don't think so oh but here i'm gonna play i'm gonna play one of them i'm gonna play one of them i think hey guys it's ron from karen crow louisiana paused the pod early because i heard y'all talking about telephone lines does not surprise me that ron has one you notice that ron knows about everything he's got Um, fucking a dozen kids he's still getting landlines if you can get them are businesses that do not or that still have um, a need for it for emergency reasons, Mm -hmm. i.e. burglar alarm and fire alarm, because then those are going to become a lot more hard to get. Uh, AT&T said it was originally 2016, and they moved it to 2018, and I think it was last year, but because I'm out of the industry, I don't know anymore. They were going to be shutting down their copper network because it was too expensive to maintain, which is what your home phone line comes to. Huh. Most businesses do go with a digital line, but if you have a fire alarm or burglar alarm that has the old style, had to call, ring a physical line that was required by code, you couldn't have a digital line because if the power ever went out, you couldn't actually make the phone call. Mm-hmm. So ISDN lines don't work. They also don't communicate with most forms of communication. Uh, most homes aren't ever actually built with telephone lines or even Ethernet lines. Your internet service provider comes in and adds those whenever you do it. Same thing with a commercial site, unless they're built specifically to have those phone jacks come in. It's usually to a phone system, and the uh, mm-hmm. phone company comes in, tunnels in, and does their own lines from there. And then whoever's contracted for the phone system, it goes out that way. Uh, phone lines, I know, for one of the local school parishes that was uh, – still having to use copper lines, hadn't switched over, were running between $80 and $150 per line to get them to their homes. And my mom still has hers, and she is paying $75 or $80 a month with a bundle oh, wow. to have a physical telephone line. It used to cost you 20 So, yeah, random trivia. I know. but I love it. It's Ron, Karen Crow, 2,200-and-some-odd-square-feet. Two adults, about to be not eight kids again in the house, one that's out, a uh, dog, 
and uh, now five fish. So. Have a great day. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wrong. Now five fish. I love it. This is what I'm saying, though. It's like really expensive to get a landline now. It's it's uh, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um. All right. Chelsea wrote in to say that um, I'm catching up after travel on the Now We're Talking episode. Now We're Talking. Mm -hmm. Matt said only Jews send their kids to long-term sleepaway camp. That's true. I I went to a month-long all-girls summer camp in the Texas Hill Country from the ages of 5 to 17. Really? We did everything from swimming and canoeing in the river, playing tennis, woodshop, horseback riding, archery, and shooting rifles at Target. Mm -hmm. Targets. We had a non-denominational church service on Sundays. A priest was brought in for mass and the Jewish girls were able to observe kosher. There were tons of camps in the area, all boys and co-ed. Chelsea and Dallas, 2,000 square feet, two adults, two 20-pound dogs, five hot dogs during Texas snowstorms. Interesting. So I still think it's mostly a Jewish thing. There goes your theory. Mostly a Jewish thing. Um, And then a last email from Aaron. Have to end on a Disney email. Sorry, Anonymous. But Aaron writes, I cannot thank you enough for recommending Nassim Kansari as a Disney travel agent. We are flying with our nine and seven-year-olds out to LA in April and wanted to visit Disneyland, but had no idea where to begin. Not only are my girls inside kids by nature, but after two years of Camp iPad on the couch, (laughs) their senses of adventure had gone out the window. I didn't know if it would be worth it to spend Disney money if my kids were going to passively snack on a bench all day, living the dream, but we can do that locally on the cheap. Nassim was so helpful in identifying rides and attractions for the family and making sure we knew what would be closed during our trip. She also went above and beyond in helping me secure dining reservations, which she typically only does for clients who are booking a hotel through her, which we did not. She provided great tips for vegetarian and picky kit options. And even though we missed our 60-day reservation window, she set alerts for every place we wanted and secured us reservations at all of them within a few days. I'd never used a travel agent before, but I highly recommend her for your next Disney trip. She dealt with all the logistics quickly, so now I could focus on the fun part of trip planning. Thanks for the pod. Aaron in D.C. in 1,500 square feet, two adults, two kids, a 14-year-old hound slash lab mix, a one-year-old Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and a four-month-old Golden Doodle. Zero hot dogs as we're vegetarian, but Matt, have you even had an air fried Morningstar Farms corn dog because they're delish? I have not had an air fried Morningstar Farms corn dog. Well, I've had a lot of Morningstar stuff, like their patties and stuff like that, but not uh, never a corn dog from them. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed Nassim, everybody. It's your Disney, your Disney uh, travel. Per, I was gonna say expert. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. That'll work. She is uh, at Magic and, and Saffron. Saffron on Instagram. Uh, get a hold of her if you're if you're heading to either coast. Yep. And that about does it. It does. If we didn't indeed. read your email. I guess apologies, and I hope that you, you know, I'm sorry. Also, you can support us at uh, Patreon. You can get two bonus episodes a month if you want. Patreon.com forward slash Excellent Adventure. We like to thank our patron supporters uh, every month, the fighter level and above, by reading their name. And if you sign up now and want 100 plus podcasts, there's a whole back catalog there for you. It's true. Uh, so thank you to the following people Julie Mebbin, Julie Phillips, Kane McCall, Caitlin Donahoe, Karen Perelman, 
Karen Thakurshi. Kat C. Catherine Lene. Catherine Shimmons. Katie Allen. Katie Allen. Katie Regan. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Carrie L. Kim Mestra. Christopher Finnegy. Lane and Kate Seppala. Laura. Laura Bennett. Laura Dodge. Laura Madge. Laura Vals. Lauren Cephalo. Uh, Lauren Schultz. LFB. Weasel. Lindsay Gish. Linnea Wynn. Lisa Travis. Lynn Nugent. Madeline McCarthy. Mara Foss. Marina Breed. Martin Hedegaard-Peterson. Mary Messick. And my mom slash Dory's M-I-L. <laughs> Mary Myra. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.